Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-age child. I am your host, Christina Campos. This is beyond your child not wanting to eat vegetables. They won't eat anything hot or even warm to the touch. Maybe they won't eat anything that crunches in their mouth. Maybe they cry every time you put brown items on their plate. Perhaps you can't go out to restaurants because they won't eat anything that isn't cooked in your kitchen. Picky eating comes in many forms, but what happens when picky eating has taken a drastic turn for the worse? Now you're really worried. Every meal is a battle and you can you can see this affecting their health. Maybe your child's six or maybe they're 16. It doesn't matter. Forcing your child to eat a balanced meal seems impossible. And this isn't anorexia and your child isn't bulimic. This is when picky eating has gone bad. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and every week I give you parenting videos that can help you in your parenting journey. Now, if you have a particular topic or parenting question about your school-age child that you would like me to address, please submit it at theimpactfulparent at gmail.com or by messaging me on social media. And all submissions are kept anonymous. Now, today I'm going to be talking about when picky eating has gone bad. It's called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And it's a real problem for many of our young people. I will explain what avoidant restrictive food intake disorder looks like, the symptoms, the warning signs, and stick around to the end because I'm also going to be giving you some tips for how parents can help their child. So let's get started. Now, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder goes beyond picky eating. It is classified as an eating disorder involving an extreme avoidance or low consumption of food. Now, unlike being a picky eater, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, or ARFID for short, has a distinct level of physical or mental distress with the eating. The child won't be able to chew or or swallow their food without gagging or forcing it down. The result is a significant nutritional deficiency, usually accompanied by weight loss, but even a weight gain if all they're eating is empty calories. This eating disorder can also cause a dependence on nutritional supplements. It can falter a child's growth and even affect their ability to socialize normally with their peers. So it affects their relationships, their daily functioning, and a well-being can also be affected quite a bit. So I'd like to talk about this today. And there are four types of avoidant restrictive food intake disorders. The first one. The first one is the avoidant. This child will avoid certain foods due to sensory sensitivities. That means that the child can't eat their food because it, the smell or maybe the texture or even how the food looks. 
that's avoidant. Now let's get to the second one. It's aversive. This is a child that fears eating the food itself. They're scared. They're scared of the food that they're eating because they think that it might make them choke or vomit or not get nauseous, maybe even give them pain. Now, the third type of this disorder is called restrictive. This child has little or no interest in food at all. They don't even care to eat. They don't want to eat. There simply isn't an interest in eating. And then there's that fourth type. And this ARFID um, type is called ARFID+. And it's basically that the child has two or more of the avoidant restrictive food intake disorder types that I've already mentioned. So either one, two, or three in combination. It's also important to mention that this disorder cannot be explained by the lack of available food. This means that if your child has living conditions where there's a lack of food or a culturally sanctioned practice of not eating, for example, maybe fasting for religious purposes, then your child does not have ARFID. Avoidant restrictive food intake disorder can only be diagnosed if the child does not have a scarcity of food available. There's no cultural or, or environmental reason why they can't eat. And that brings me to some common questions that a lot of parents have around this particular disorder. And the first one is, how does avoidant restrictive food intake disorder differ from anorexia or bulimia? This is a great question. Now, the biggest difference is that anorexia and bulimia are body subconscious and avoidant restrictive food intake disorder is not. Although a symptom of ARFID could be a dramatic weight loss or uh, any other kind of body uh, look that just is extreme, like weight gain or, or very, very thin, one's body weight or shape doesn't abnormally bother a person that's diagnosed with ARFID like it would with anorexia or bulimia. See, ARFID patients are not worried about weight gain or weight loss or their body image. They're worried about the food itself. It's the food that gives them fear and anxiety. And another common question I get a lot is, is avoidant restrictive food intake disorder just a kid thing? And the answer to that would be, no, it's not. Adults can get ARFID too, although the disorder is more common in children. So remember that ARFID can start with picky eating, but it goes way beyond that. And ARFID patients have real fears around food. And then the last common question I'd like to address is, what are the most distinguishing features of ARFID? And I would say that ARFID features make it stand out from picky eaters because one is the fear of food, and the other is how ARFID affects social situations for that uh, individual. See, adults and kids with ARFID have difficulty socializing due to their disorder because they can't eat or they must have their food prepared in a certain way. These individuals miss out on a lot because most social gatherings focus or center around food consumption. 
So let's get into what are the warning signs and the red flags of this avoidant restrictive food intake disorder so that you can identify them in your child if you think that your child has ARFID. So here are some things to watch out for. Lack of interest in food. Fear-based food restrictions, like being afraid with the sight of certain foods. There could be a limitation on the amount of food that they eat or those inflexible eating behaviors. Your child could be dressing in layers to hide their body. There could be a dramatic reaction to food um, or even just certain foods. They could have a dramatic reaction to just certain things. A child could be complaining that they're full only after a few bites, if they even take a bite at all. They could be complaining about stomach cramps um, just to get out of eating. Some of these kids have acid reflux. There could be a dramatic weight loss, or as I said before, even a weight gain due to their poor nutrition if they're eating a lot of empty calories. There could be trouble eating food prepared by other people or difficulty concentrating at school because they're just not getting that nutrition for their brain. This disorder does cause anemia, so that's a warning sign. And a person might complain that they're dizzy or cold or how they could have sleep problems. They could be complaining about their skin being dry. Sometimes a person with ARFID could grow this fine peach fuzz hair all over their body because their body's trying to keep itself warm. And lastly, they also could be having some thinning hair on the top of their head. So now let's get into what causes avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Now, the exact cause is actually unknown. Doctors say that environmental influences could be a big factor, like children will learn behaviors from the people around them and moral beliefs about eating meat and dairy and other items could, could come from within, or it could be a learned behavior from their upbringing. Someone might also develop ARFID from a bad experience, like choking, or from another medical condition like gastroesophageal reflux disease. And there's also psychological disorders that could cause ARFID too. Even genetics might be a factor in some research. So who's more likely to develop um, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder if they don't really know the cause? Well, unlike other eating disorders, actually boys have ARFID more often than girls. And children with autism, ADHD, and a co-occurring anxiety disorder are more likely to be diagnosed with ARFID. So when should parents take their child to the doctor? This is a really important question. And I know picky eating can be super frustrating but where's that tipping point between trying to handle your picky eater on your own and then start getting that medical help? And my recommendation is to go see your doctor if you see a sudden or significant weight loss, or if you know that your child is not getting the proper nutrition from their diet. And that's a big one because nutritional deficiencies should be taken seriously. And ARFID can harm childhood growth. If you notice that your child isn't growing at the same pace as their peers, 
it's time to go get checked. So the last thing I want to talk about is how can parents support their child with avoidant restrictive food intake disorder? First, be sure to go and talk to that doctor, the family physician or the pediatrician. There are no medications that are specifically made to treat ARFID quite yet. However, they may give you some medications for relieving some of the other symptoms of ARFID, like anxiety medications. Your doctor might also suggest that you see a mental health professional to help your child cope with some of the psychological side of this disorder. For example, cognitive behavior therapy, um, dialectical behavior therapy, and exposure and response prevention therapy are common techniques that mental health professionals will use to help people lessen the distress and the symptoms of Afrid, ARFRID. And then second, parents should not take this just eat it stance with their child. Yeah, I know tough love might work with the picky eater, Still, that parenting technique is not recommended for kids with avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Instead, support your child by starting small and encouraging one bite at a time. The goal here is to make your child feel successful in their efforts. So praise, encourage, and even reward your child for just trying. Kids with Arfred will be very emotional about eating and easily discouraged and distressed about things. So find ways to manage their anxiety and stress around food. Maybe taking a couple of deep breaths can help your child relax. Or yoga, um, music, art, dance, and writing can help your child calm their nerves. Studies say it could take 10 tries before a person accepts a new food that they don't want. This means that you're going to have to be a very patient parent and not give up on encouraging your child to eat those feared foods. There's a lot of, that's a lot of tries, a lot, which means that's also a lot of patience from you. And then finally, when your child does find that new food, and it's actually acceptable for them to eat, parents need to keep that food in their diet. Don't stop serving that food. Keeping the food available for your child is really important. Otherwise, they're likely to regress and then reject it all over again. It's also important for parents to role model healthy, diverse eating. Kids won't accept new habits if you can't do them yourself. So, I suggest that you schedule regular meals and snack times to make things more predictable because having regular family meals creates stability and security around something that makes ARFID children anxious and unsettled. You can also avoid struggles during meal times. It's already going to be a struggle, so try to avoid as much as you can. It may also help to make trying new foods a game with your kid or give your child the opportunity to have some choice in the food that they're trying to eat. Allow them to pick a food to try. Now, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder can be tricky. 
and it's frustrating for families. And I hope today's episode helped you to get a better understanding of this disorder so that you can help the ones that you love. If this information was valuable valuable for you today, become a more impactful parent by downloading the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free and full of episodes just like this one to help you in your parenting journey. Because investing in your family looks like learning the warning signs of certain behaviors so that you can stop bad things before they start. Or discovering new parenting techniques to make your parenting more effective. And it's about joining a community of like-minded parents that also want to be the best parent they can to their child. All this, plus so much more, can be found inside the Impactful Parent app. So download it today. You got nothing to lose. It's free. So go get your free parenting resource. Go to theimpactfulparent.com and discover how you can step up your parenting game and be a more impactful parent. But until next time, you got this. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com. And see you next episode.